show where old is new, new is old, and so are we. I am your host at the post, Boss Rush Mode, and with me, per usual, are my inky compadres, Parasite Steve. What you gonna do, brother, when Reductomania runs wild on you? 8-Bit Alchemy. I'm Olmec, your guide through the temple. And Nintendo. Hulkamania is like a single grain of sand in the Sahara Desert that is macho madness. Oh yeah! Oh yeah, dig it! And that is the gang, and uh, this episode is called Sporting Entertainment, and we're going to be talking about uh, some fun athletic-style TV shows that aren't, aren't really meant to be like professional sports leagues, like say in America we have like the NHL, National Hockey League, uh, the... You know, basketball NBA. and baseball and the NBA, National Basketball Association. And bowling. The National <laughs> Fartball League. Yeah, none, none uh, of that stuff. These are more like athletic endeavors that are mainly made for entertainment purposes, first and foremost, and not necessarily athletic competition, though some of it is athletically competitive. You no, know, it's, it's all fake. Most of it is. There are, some, there are a couple things down this pike that are, are actual competitions. Filmed on a soundstage or whatever. Yeah. Made, made for like a spectacle kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, sporting entertainment. Yes, yes, indeed. It's very oh, sporting of you to have this theme. I, I thought so. I, that's why we called it that. It, it just worked out perfectly that way. It's it's serendipity. Mm. Serendipitous. Serendipity Serendipodus. Serendipitous. It sounds like a, a dinosaur. Oh, a dinosaur. Anyway, I'm going to get this uh, episode moving along and I'm going to start talking about. Glow, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Ooh, I wish you would. I'm going to. Yes. Um, It was a show that ran in the late 80s from 1996 to 1990. It only went for about four seasons. And uh, it was created by David B. McLean. And it was pretty much started off as a almost like a vague. Well, it didn't start start off as this, but it kind of, when it gained its popularity, it was. being filmed at the Riviera Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, so it was it was a it was a Vegas act. But they would you know when they you know played in Vegas, they would record it and syndicate it to, to television. And uh, this yeah. this show was just absolutely ridiculous. I don't know if any of you guys remember seeing it back in the day. Well, maybe not. You know, but I, I haven't seen it. Maybe he's seen reruns or something. Or... There's the new <coughs> glow that I've seen a trailer for. That's about it. Right. <laughs> We will get to that a little bit later. But uh, I don't know. Uh, Nintendo Parasite Steve, you have any memories of this at all? I. I... Knew what it was, but I don't think I've ever watched it. Yeah. I definitely have never seen it. In fact, um, I when that when that new new show Glow came on Netflix, I actually thought it was made up. So full disclosure, <laughs> I I didn't I, I I really don't have any me- memories of this. So I'm looking forward to you uh, laying down some factoids here. Well, uh, this this show is pretty ridiculous. I mean, obviously it's you know kind of you know going off of the the popularity of you know. The more traditional professional wrestling back then, you know, the WWF, now it's called the WWE, and, you know, the stuff of that ilk. But this was, like, way more of, like, a almost like a sketch comedy thing, because there were so many, like, just skits and, like, jokes and stuff. And there was there was wrestling in it, too, but it seemed more towards just, like, trying to be funny like and comedic. I mean, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
But uh, they had a whole bunch of like bizarro characters, like you'd expect in like professional wrestling. Uh, let's see here. Um, actually, uh, when they first got it going in syndication, they had uh, Jackie Stallone, Sylvester Stallone's mom, to be like the the, the kayfabe owner and quote unquote manager of the Good Girls. What? That's oh, super cool. That's super huh. funny. I didn't realize that yeah. at all. I mean, obviously, I didn't. I didn't know anything. Right, right. But and, uh, but that that's really fun. Did you have to stop, or else his mom would shoot? <laughs> no, uh, it's. No, Maybe I mean this, different mom. Yeah, totally different. It's his real life mom, not his fake. Yeah, but Sylvester Stallone not, not said a that. Getty. Yeah. He, I mean, it wasn't just a line, guys. Right? Like that's his mantra. <laughs> it's what he said. It's like they made a movie because he said that all right. the time. That's because it was his thing. <laughs> it's like damn it, Sly. Fine, we'll make the movie about it. Fine. You're always talking about Estelle Getty shooting people. Yeah, so geez. we gotta make a movie. Jeez, always. And uh, and the manager of the Bad Girls was a woman known as um, the Kitty Burke. Or Aunt Kitty, as she was referred to as the uh, in the in the show. Her friends called her Cat. Yeah, Cat for short. You know, Kitty Claws, whatever. Uh, let's see the. Um, let me see. Uh, I cannot read my own handwriting. Sometimes it pays <laughs> to stay. Yeah. All the girls were actually all the way um, cursive. They were they were trained by a uh, part of the legendary Guerrero family of wrestling, uh, Mondo Guerrero. Oh, really? So, so that's they, Eddie Guerrero's family. Yes. Wow. So, so they had some at least a legit trainer. Yeah. That's cool. And if you were uh, to see the, there's actually a documentary that was released in two, 2012 that I'm pretty sure you can rent on Amazon. It's a fantastic uh, documentary too. Uh, they, you know, they, he's, he's part of it and he's just saying like, oh, he's got to, mainly he was just teaching him how to fall. He's like, just, you know, spread your arms. I can just get the timing now. Bang, bang, bang. He's, you can see like the passion in his eyes just even now talking about it, you know, Something that at this, that point was like 25 this is, uh, years old. Eddie Guerrero you're talking about? No, um, uh, Mondo Guerrero. Oh, Ma- Mondo. Mondo. Okay. okay. Yeah, and uh, he's like, you know, you just, you know, you do one arm, bang, you do two arm, bang, you bang, bang, you go off the top ropes, bang, bang. And he's just, this, the way he's, exp- I'm not doing it any justice, but the way he's just <laughs> passionately explaining it, it's like, oh, wow. It's this just also totally yelling good. bang, yeah, which is really fun oh, to yeah. do anyway. Yeah. But so. yeah, I remember wrestling is all about just creative falling, right? Yeah. And um, it was directed by a guy named Matt Simber, who apparently had... Um, Simber. Did you mean some, that, uh, the, the main lion in The Lion King, Simber? No. no. Yeah. That's what my principal would say. Is, oh, we got pizza and soda, and we're going to be watching a movie with Simber at 5.30. That's kids' night out, everybody. Uh, and, uh, that was Mr. Silverman for all, <laughs> all you MHS alum. Get out of here, Silverman. Who pizza, let you pizza and, and soda. And apparently he, he uh, had recently directed some movies that uh, starred... Uh, Pia Zadora, who is Ooh. the wife of the then owner of the Riviera Hotel and Casino, um, Mechelon Rickless. So that's kind of how that all came together. Well, I mean, that's got to be her claim to fame because it sure as hell isn't Santa Claus versus the Martians. Probably not. Uh, Although that's how I know her. Yeah. Is Santa Claus versus the Martians. <laughs> <laughs> or Santa Claus conquers the Martians, right? Yeah. Right. Something like that. Santa X Martians. <laughs> Santa Cross. Yeah. And, and uh, <laughs> Santa Cross. <laughs> and it's never been verified, but um, rumor is that uh, the reason that Glow met its end after like the fourth season was because um, Mr. Rickless was maybe being a little bit too friendly with some of the Glow ladies, and uh, Pia was not too happy about that. Rickless was reckless. Maybe. Mm-mm. Rickless was reckless. Don't do it. And uh, I, that kind of forced him to withdraw from the... The, um, the, uh, the the project and stuff. So, because uh, 
if you watch the documentary, they, they were talking about like, oh yeah, the ratings were great, everything was going great, and but then you hear, I read other things, it's like, oh, they were in financial turmoil, so it's like, I don't exactly know. It's so weird the, how that can happen. The trueness like, of any any of those reports. Right, or it's like, oh, something has a big fan base, whatever, but it's not doing well, it's struggling. Right, it's like, yeah. huh, you think it'd go hand in hand. So how, how many years was the original on for? Uh, it, was, it ran for four seasons. Four seasons. 1986 to 1990. And then what what's the documentary called? Is it just like... A documentary. Glow, like the history of the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, something to that okay. effect. I don't right, remember right. the exact name. I can, I can Google Glow documentary yeah. and get there. I yeah. Think, I think that that's on Netflix. Well, there's a, there's a separate fictional show called Glow yeah, on Netflix now. Yeah, I know now, that, yeah. But that's not a documentary. I thought, I, I remember watching the documentary at your old place. Okay. That was on Netflix. Okay, maybe at, at one point in time it was. Yeah. yeah. Now I, I'm pretty sure it's... Maybe it's on Amazon now. It's on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, that's where I saw it. I rented it from Amazon. Yeah. So. Cool. And definitely, definitely worth a... A viewing, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I love that. You really know, cool. you stumble across these documentaries you're just never expecting. Like, I'm, I don't know how you found that if you like sought it out or if you just came across it. But sometimes the best documentary viewings are when you're just legitimately not expecting the subject matter, and you, right. you kind of are looking through it and you're like, "Oh, it's a, it's a documentary on this." Um, I got nothing to do, uh, and, and it just ends up being like the best experience. That's that's right. awesome. Uh, there's been so often where I've just just gone on Amazon and Netflix and like just purposely like looked up just documentaries because just all right I'm not looking for anything in particular I just want to learn about something mm-hmm. sure yeah and, I, and I know a lot, a lot of, of these are just just that. super cool even if I forget them two days later it's like mm-hmm. oh I'm having a pretty fun time watching it and like oh cool this is something I'll forget in 48 hours but hey it's fun right now right yeah I right. I yeah. particularly love watching like any kind of like food documentaries or any kind of thing relating to like travel or culture right. especially with food as like a part that they cover i find that's like so frigging fascinating like i was always a fan of like the anthony, anthony bourdain. bourdain yeah, yeah. Anthony oh, right, bourdain right. stuff and like you know bizarre foods and anything like that mm-hmm. but um yeah there's there's actually like a whole new streaming service curiosity stream that's now out for like it was the guy who made discovery channel and then he spun off and now has his whole own like entire universe of like documentaries right. and stuff but most of them are like natural world kind of things uh-huh. um but I, i've i've seen like a decent amount of ads for their stuff on uh youtube and it looks looks awesome there's no shortage of great documentary out there that's, that's true cool. and i don't uh, know if you guys i i know we're getting off topic i i uh have you guys seen the toys that made us i've heard of it but I've i haven't it seen it on netflix yeah. it's so incredibly amazing and you have to watch it like just watch an watch an episode or two hmm. um you know i actually watched the he-man episode first which was the one that made the most made, made the most sense for me because of all the episodes like that was the the fandom that I belonged to as a kid, but uh, my second one I watched was the Hello Kitty one, and oh my god that was incredibly fascinating the Hello Kitty uh, that that was it was crazy because I always wondered like where the hell did she come from and you know why is she on everything but she doesn't like like what is she from right she doesn't have a show like what is it like. Why? Why does everybody know Hello Kitty? Interesting though. <laughs> cool, yeah. cool show. That's cool. Anyway, getting back to Glow. I mean, like I said, this is just you know, if you saw this, you'd be like, "Wow, this is absolutely ridiculous." And of course, me, I'm probably like twelve, thirteen, fourteen at the time seeing this. I'm like, "What is even going on?" I mean, it was fun. I mean, I I didn't watch it re- re- religiously or anything, but I would catch an episode here and there. But you know, it was just it was just goofy fun. And you know, a lot of them did like you know. Especially in like the late 80s, it was super popular for, you know, a bunch of people just have like the group rap, you know, completely like, you know, trying to 
go off the the Chicago Bears Super Bowl shuffle from back in the mid '80s, and so everyone had a rap song or whatever, and they, every wrestler had their own couple lines that they'd say. And is this? It's, it's such a such a. I'm sure age thing. is aged really well. Oh, I'm sure amazing, <laughs> like a fine wine. Oh yeah, like a fine like yogurt, a, yes. like a fine milk, like a fine mayonnaise. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just ridiculous. And uh, let's see. So, but like like I mentioned before, that only ran for a few seasons, and then it went kaput. But uh, since then, I guess since 2001, one of the wrestlers who was named uh, who was known as Babe the Farmer's Daughter, Ursula Hayden, actually has owned it since 2001. And since then, she has um, in 2003, she uh, put together a sold out live event in Hollywood at the El Rey Theater, and then that would um, later be televised as a pay per view. In uh, 2012, there was another, you know, revival show in Las Vegas. And uh, in 2012, she, um, she appeared in the, the documentary Glow. All right, I got the actual name here, Glow, the story of the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. And uh, that documentary nice. actually did win Best Documentary at the San Diego Comic-Con that year. Oh, that's wow. cool. So yeah. it's, uh, it's, uh, it is legit. Yeah, it got, it got recognized. Yeah. And she also uh, worked with writers Liz Flayhive and Carly Mensch to create the fictional Netflix series Glow in that started in 2017. That's still ongoing. And by the time this episode airs, the third season should be out. We're kind of like in between right now because right now as we're recording, the thir- uh, season three is supposed to come out next week. But by the time uh, this airs, ooh, by cool. the time it's getting into your ear holes, you'll be able to put season three of Glow into your eye holes. Well, Simultaneous that's, that's Glow, glow ear, ear eye hole penetration. Or your rods and cones or however that works. However you want to spin that. Yes. I, uh, I'm excited. I actually really want to start watching Glow. It, yeah. I mean, the, the documentary sounds yes, fascinating. And it then it I, really is. I feel like that'll give me an appreciation to then go into watching the Netflix series yeah, and then really like kind of totally. be able to right. get and into e- it more. Yeah, and even though the Netflix series is fictional... When, yeah, de- definitely see the um, you know the documentary too. You'll you'll see that, that there are parallels. Yeah, that that is I think the stuff that you'll totally miss if you don't right. have the background. So, that's a really so good that's, idea. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. So definitely, definitely do that if you're at all interested. And a uh, little bit of something on um, let's see. Uh, one of the wrestlers, uh, her name is her in the in Glow was Tina Ferrari. Her real name is Lisa Moretta. Oh, or Moretto, sorry, I think I'm reading my own handwriting wrong. And uh, she she actually continued wrestling in the WWE and was a uh, multiple time women's champ. Uh, and she was known as Ivory in her WWE days. Oh, damn. Oh, okay. So she was one of the huh. one of the wrestlers that kept doing the professional stuff after after Glow. So that was like in the, yeah. the mid nineties. Nice. Ivory. Uh, I don't. I think she might have even wrestled in the, into the two thousand. It was definitely Attitude Era. Oh, it was. Okay, so that's after I stopped. Yeah. Watching, wow, okay. So, uh, and she was like a he, she was a, a, he, a heel. She never won fair and square, so mm-hmm. it's, you know that's just you know the character she was. Hmm. Uh, and I got to, oh, I already mentioned this. The last of my notes was mentioning the the rap stuff. So, but yeah, but that is definitely uh, aged quite really well. quite a interesting show that kind of definitely left its own mark in the in the world of sports entertainment. Yeah, very right. cool. I think I, I'm, I'm with uh, 8-Bit on this one. I, I would love to watch the documentary and then uh, start the show. Yeah, highly recommended. But, I mean, I love both of them. I mean, I've seen, you know, so far both seasons that are available on Netflix. And, um, I mean, like, Joe and I, Nintendo and I, had seen the, the Glow documentary in the past. It came out in 2012, so it was probably a year or two after that. And I did watch it again recently, you know, you know, f- for this episode. And, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Right. Very cool stuff, yeah. I'm excited. Open the door to a world I, I don't really know that much about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been meaning to watch the Netflix show. I've heard nothing but good things about it. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, I haven't, I don't know a lot of people have seen it, but I've, I definitely recommend it. Yeah, wrestling is still really popular today. Like, yeah. I, I know so many people that are like, you know, around my age, like, you know, 30s or whatever, that are st- like into newer circles of wrestling and like into international right. wrestling. And, and there are so many different so wrestling So many options. There's like all these like minor leagues and like Japanese wrestling circuits and like yeah. all kinds of crazy stuff that you can get into out there. And uh, yeah, you know, there's a lot to see. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, because uh, back, especially back in the '80s, like women's wrestling was just like a, a novelty act, like you know, midget wrestling or small people wrestling. However, yeah, it was the, like a the joke. correct term. What, what the correct term would be nowadays? Right. So back then, it's like, oh, if it's not like you know, two big muscular guys, it's considered right. a joke version. Right. Exactly. But it's like, yeah, it's totally but legitimized. They, like, actually, you know, Glow kind of embraced like the whole sports entertainment like feel before, way before like the WWF did. Oh wow. I mean, yeah, obviously it was like scripted and stuff, and they you know. But if, if someone would say it's fake, they'd have the whole kayfabe thing where the wrestler would get mad and beat the guy up. It's like, oh, it's not fake. Does this feel fake? Blah, blah, blah. That's Even though cool. it was still fake and you know, it's <laughs> right. all an act. But you know, they would just pretend it's like, oh, they'd get mad. And nowadays they embrace it. And it's like, okay, yeah, we're, we're just not going to kid around anymore. Right. Just just go with it. <laughs> right. I don't know if you guys have ever seen All, all, elite, all elite Wrestling. I have not. I'm not. It's actually pretty cool. It's, oh. I think it's going to give uh, WWE a run for its money. Oh, cool. Because a, a lot of people from the WWE are transferring over to this new wrestling group. So I think, I think that's pretty cool. You got the, you get like- the, you get the goofy characters. And- oh, neat. Well, anyone in particular that, uh, that comes to mind uh, as far as uh, the transplants go? I, I'm so new to it, so I, okay. I can't really mention any names. I don't know. Oh, okay. Offhand. You know, but, like Greg the Hammer Valentine, and uh, that'd be cool. I, well, I know Chris Jericho is in it. Oh, okay, like he left the WWE to go to this. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, more. or whoever's still alive. <laughs> yeah, he can't be. Can he be? Uh, maybe. Maybe he is. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, all right. So, uh, who wants to throw some else in the ring, so to speak? I mean, Nintendo. You should. You should do something. Yeah. We we segued nicely. Okay. Well. Well, this is kind of this kind of reminds me of wrestling in a way. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember uh, Roller Games. Oh yeah, I definitely do. Um, I've never I I knew what the show was. I've never actually like watched it until recently, and I I watched a, a whole match, and I thought it was pretty fun. Oh, it's it's amazing. I love it. Yeah, it's um it has like a storyline, whatever, and oh. uh, kind of like with wrestling and oh yeah, and the. And the the storyline is kind of like loosey goosey. It's like it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, like it's on the fly, like, right? It's on yeah. fly. So yeah. like whoever wins the match, you know, they have to like you know progress the story in a certain way or whatever. Yeah. So I think I think that's pretty neat. And uh, but what sucks is that it only aired for one one year from right. 1989 to 1990. Yeah. And uh, there were six teams: three good three good teams yep. and three bad teams. The good teams were the T Birds, Hot Flash, and the Rockers. <laughs> And the bad guys were Bad Attitude, Violators, <laughs> Violate, and uh, Maniacs. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it only lasted for one year. And uh, I guess the whole point of Roller Games is to, you know, you score points by... Um, yeah, it's like there's like a, like a ramp. It's it's not like normal. It's it's like for anyone that might not even know, like Roller Games is basically like roller derby. Yeah, with uh, it's like roller derby and WWE had a kid, and this is what right, roller games right. is. Except with with roller games, like you earn points, like you have to like score like the highest points. Well, in roller derby, match. there's a point system too. Oh, I mean, yeah, 
but well, I was but, kind of like, it, the, the whole wrestling thing is oh no right not, that, yeah but yeah but uh, yeah it's like the roller games it's like it's not just like an oval like standard roller derby would be I mean there's yeah. like jumps there's ramps and uh, yeah there's alligator alligator, alligator pits, pits in the middle yeah, for whatever there, reason yeah there, there was like a tie it was like the tie break would be like battling alligators or something I don't know we like yeah, yeah, real it, alligators it was there? real, real al- alligators well it was what? really fake I'm sure but they're real puppets I mean they're real right yeah who knows I think it was part of a story arc or something that's like oh they're gonna feed you you're gonna feed you to the alligators or whatever because it's ridiculousness right so, yeah. But yeah, there's like um, there was one portion where um, there's a there's a regular portion where you gotta try to pass the opponent's you know skaters, and that's how you earn points. Yeah, and then there's like a the standard like oval thing. But before they even do that, the two what are they called jetters or something? I forget. Yeah, yeah. They have to go up a ramp, and the higher they go up the ramp, the more points they get. And then they go off a jump, and like if they pass a certain line, they get bonus points for staying yeah. upright after the jump. Yeah. And then they do the whole roundabout thing where they try to yeah, pass the I other the, team's the, players. It's it's a figure eight rank. Yeah, yeah. It so. Is. Um, the you have the wall of death, which yeah. has the two lines. So if you go, yeah, past, that's the, that's the thing that's trying to get as high as possible. Yeah, yeah. Like, so if you if you go past the first line, it's like two, two points, points, and then the and top then line is six. six. Okay, yeah. yep, yeah, and and uh, they have to be on their their feet at all times. Yep, that that's how. If you like, if you get these points and then you fall, you right. lose them. If that, their hand it. touches the ground at all, at do they all. lose the points? At all, yeah, that so they lose is it. strict. It's really strict. And then there's the. Uh, uh, the jet jump. Yes. So there was only one line there. So if you go, uh, if you land before that, you get like two points. Yeah, as long as you keep your balance, you'll get two points. You get the two points. And then if you go over that, then you get like four or yeah, something, something like, like that. like that, yeah. And the only people who can score these points are the ones, uh, you know, like we said, the jetters. They, they're the ones that wear the helmets. Yeah, they'll so get like a particular two, helmet. One, or... one on each team, they have to wear the helmets. Right. And, and that'll, uh, yeah, so that'll signify that they're the jetter. And what's really fun, it's, it's not just like, you know, you're watching these people go around this figure eight skating and like try to make these jumps or whatever. These people beat the fucking shit they out of each other. They do. It's ridiculous. It's like, oh my God. It's like, it makes me wonder, like, is this real? Is this like, or is it like wrestling fake? Like, Oh, it's it's wrestling like, fake to a point, I'm sure. Yeah. Because there's some of these moves are like, like you know, flying elbows, drop kicks, you know. Drop kicks. People, people like, like stopping flying in the over the, the, right. the railing. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. oh my God. It's like kind of violently too. Like, oh, especially yeah, when, totally. when the women do it. Like, do you have oh, like, yeah. they like, like fly over the ramps like their hair is like <laughs> yeah. it's like holy shit it looks, way, get, it looks super violent yeah. Yeah, yeah wicked whiplash and it's like oh my oh, god that has to hurt yeah crap. definitely can't feel good you know skating full force into a bar right yeah. right like, yeah. like how fake can that it, get right, right like, exactly. it's gonna hurt that's people you know that's fake right like yeah I know it's fake but you're still landing on like you know Concrete, and right? Whatever. And running into a like a metal pole. Uh, right? yeah, still, right. you're still gonna so that's feel why it. I always hated the term fake. I know. Like yes. scripted is right. different yeah, than fake. fake. Is it's scripted right. is not. Like, it's like, dude's still getting hurt. Right. Like, right. I mean, falling, that's why like all these wrestlers, you know, they retire with these broken bodies. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that mat is not. Te- it's yeah. not comfy. Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's Wait, not comfy. It's very at all. very hard. That's why they teach you. To land the proper way, right. and they're like you can your arms, bam, and and bam, and bam, as and a even, yeah, and even would then, say. you're still right. smashing you the arms your whole up, body. slap the mat. Yeah, right. learn learn yeah. how to fall, and you can prevent a whole bunch of injuries that way. Right. 
Right. It's all about like broadening your like the surface area, so that way when you hit, it's not all on one spot on your right. back. It's like you spread across your right. arms Distri- and everything. Distribute that that weight across yeah. a, a bigger plane. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's smart. It's science. Like, there, there's an art to falling. Yep. in wrestling, there it's is. Crazy. Yeah, it's it's just so unbelievably unfair to call it just fake and just right. de- totally. be like, oh, it, now we're completely discounting everything that's happening. Right. Exactly. Right. These people right. aren't actually doing anything worthwhile at all. It's right. just sure. fake. Right. Like, right. Hey, you, you realize insane? movies are fake too, right? <laughs> you know, right. TV right. shows are fake. Right. Actors just do a bunch of fake stuff in front of a camera. Yeah, Tom Cruise doesn't really run in real life, you know. <laughs> he's right. he's not that short in real life, you know. Oh no, wait, maybe, maybe yeah, he is. Scientology's not real, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real headache. Yeah, it is. Right, you uh, are, Ken. Right, right you are, Ken. Uh, and actually, uh, one of my uh, I don't know if you're gonna get to this or not, but one of my favorite personalities on that show was. Um, is Ms. Georgia Haas the, uh, the the manager for the Bad Attitude? Oh, uh, yeah. See, I didn't see all the episodes, so I'm not like... I only saw like one episode. Yeah, and, but... Uh, I thought it was really wild, so I want to like go back and like watch all but of them. she was such an awesome healer. She's just... I mean, she didn't skate. She was just, you know, like the manager. But she's yeah. like... It's like, if you just look at her, she's like, looks like a little... Uh, unassuming old, little old lady, but she'll get her finger in your face like, you better not do that! And she'll get... <laughs> oh, my God. She's just awesome as hell. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. And then uh, one of the episodes I saw was against... Um, it was you know the bad attitude versus um, oh one of the good guy teams. Uh, which one is it? It's not the was it the Rockers? It was Hot Flash or T Birds? T Birds. It was T Birds. Yeah, the legendary because T-Birds. they had the the T Bird twins and all that stuff. Yeah, but there was a uh, uh, one skater on there called the Icebox. It's really okay. huge guy, and one of his special maneuvers was like the big freeze, whatever. And he'd basically just let, you know just fall down backwards on a guy and just shimmer around like he's having a seizure. <laughs> it's Holy like the shit. most ridiculous looking what? thing, and it's so, so hilarious. Oh like, oh, God. he's got him in the deep freeze! <laughs> wow! Oh, it's amazing That's as hell. Funny. Holy shit! I, I love stuff like that. And it's it's just so cheesy and just so fun. Right. Uh, but yeah, like it's too bad it only ran, ran for like what was it? It was like a season or two. Yeah, it was, it was like from 89 to 90. Yeah, so unfortunately it wasn't, wasn't on for very long. Yeah. Boss Rush, you just went to a roller derby game, right? I did. My wife and I actually went to Providence and uh, saw some Providence roller derby. And these are actual, like, as far as I can tell, it was an actual legitimate like league where they just, you know, do the oval thing. But they're, you know, they're bumping, they're falling, and it's all on concrete. And it was like... It's like, damn, I, I'm not messing with any of these ladies at all. Right? Yeah. Holy with or without crap. skates. It's like, nope, this is all you. You go. <laughs> yeah, I used to work with this uh, this woman who was a, a roller derbier. Roller derbyist? Roller derbist? I don't know. Derbist? She was a badass. Yeah, Man, totally. let me tell you. Like, when she said, like, she roller derbied, I'm like, okay, you are not fucking around. Like, yeah. that sport, I, I didn't really know what roller derby was. Yeah. I, it's not something you hear about that often. Right, you yeah. know. But, uh, man, it's got to be so much fun to go see that yeah. live. And a uh, good friend of the podcast, Craft Million, was uh, vending at that event, too. So shout out to oh, Craft nice. Million. Nice. Uh, yeah, but that was, a, that was a great time. So if anyone gets a yeah. chance to check out you know, Roller Derby, I mean, Absolutely. totally go for it. I mean, the tickets were like you know, not expensive at all. I mean, me and my I wife go, got yeah. in for like 25 bucks. That's wow. awesome. Yeah, that's, that's, super yeah, that's a really fun, like, just yeah. random other yeah, thing that you totally. don't even think about. Yeah, it's super fun. Totally, oh. totally recommended. Nice. Yeah, what else you got in roller games there, well, Nintendo? Well, like with most things back in the day, uh, like a lot of these shows had to come out with a video game or two. And uh, you guessed it, roller games had two games, one for the arcade, which was released by Konami back in 1990, which is really true to the TV show. And uh, there was also a NES version of the game, which was not true to the TV show, 
but they had the teams. Like you can choose right. between the T Birds, Hot Flash, and the Rockers. And I'm assuming that the people you play as is pr- the the captains. I think probably. I don't. I don't I think don't, they're named. They're just like a person's. Like okay, yeah, the, yeah. the Hot Flash is yeah, like a just pink hot. I'm assuming, yeah. And uh, of course, you no, know, you gotta you know battle the the bad guys like bad attitude, violators, right. and maniacs. Maniacs, and yeah. And that game, and actually, uh, Miss Georgia Hot has like you know a graphic image. You get the finger wagon yes, in, in the yes, you know. yeah. So that's pretty. I awesome. think she's one of the bosses. Probably, I, yeah. I, I think she's the first boss. Okay, yeah, that would yeah. make sense actually. Yeah, yeah, she's the first boss in the game, which is pretty funny because all she does is like she she has a cane. And then she like runs frantically back and forth <laughs> yeah. trying to hit you. And then she runs out of breath. And that's the only time you can attack her. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Is she's so invincible awesome. if she's wagging that cane. Yep. And I have to say, the, the, the boss music in this game is goofy as fuck. Yeah, that whole game is just so like kind of lighthearted and stuff like yeah. that. I mean, but the game gets awesome. intense and it's, you know, it's a tough game. But, yeah, yeah. But it's fun. So just imagine. Like, oh, this is Ultra Games, right? Right? I mean, it's yes, basically yeah. Konami, but not really Konami. Right, right. Um, this was it was released the same year as the arcade okay. version, and uh, so basically the NES version is a side-scrolling beat 'em up with mm. platforming. And imagine doing that with roller skates, roller skates. right? So it's yeah. basically like you're controlling as if you're on ice, right? Yes, pretty much. Yeah, so pretty you, much. You get that so every level zone. is an ice level. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> But it's good. Yeah, but it's really. But good. for some it's reason, really yeah, this is actually fun. Yeah. But it's wicked god. Wicked god. It's pretty friggin' crazy this game even exists. Like, for a show that existed for a single year, for people right. to get together and be able to put out a video game in that amount of time. Right. Not one, like, but two, and have right. those two be different from right. each other, too. Two games. Right. And then they're, like... The, they went all in all in on this. They, they thought this was going to be the next big thing. And then right. they probably saw the show got canceled. They're like, fuck, guys. <laughs> we bad. went way too hard on the roller games <laughs> thing. I think that the show did come back in 2003. Okay. I think, if I read correctly. But yeah, I don't think it, that lasted yeah, very long. Either. Didn't last, that didn't last much longer than the yeah, original. I didn't even one. know about it until I did the research for yeah. this episode. So that's all I got. Okay, cool beans, man. All right. Nope. Wow, you got anything in particular you want to you know, slap on there, Ape Alchemy? Uh, I do, I do. Okay, so I have I have two shows that I can talk about, but I don't know if you guys have seen either, so I'm going to pull the room right now. Okay, so do any of you remember the show Legends of the Hidden Temple? I do not. That's a yes from Parasite Steve. Uh, yes, I think so. It sounds familiar. Okay. Now, what about, do any of you remember the show Nickelodeon Guts? Yes. I've that heard one, of, that yes. one I know. I've heard of it. Then there was Global Guts. Yeah. So so I'll, I'll, I'll talk longer about Legend of the Hidden Temple, but but uh, real quick, Global Guts was, it was like a action sports like competition show, and it was hosted by Mike O'Malley, which, like, I don't know, he's been in shows on yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, I, I forget what show he was on. Uh, he's been in a million things. Yeah, but there was one. I there think he's one, been in Glee. Maybe I, I, I never watched Glee. Yeah, probably. But, I mean, he's um, been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. So host Mike O'Malley and his ho- and his host Moira Quirk, and he always goes, "Hey, let's send it over to Mo, Mo." And then she's like, "Oh, thanks, Michael. I'm British and my name's Moira Quirk." And it was just so strange because the entire <laughs> show was an, was American production, and they're just like, "We just want a British co." We just want to class hey, it up. Yeah, a bit. you got to yeah, class, up, just that just class it up a little bit. Um, but yeah, so th- so that show would do uh, these basically like a series of, of different athletic events. It would kind of do like more extreme twists on kind of normal like maybe Olympic 
type events. Uh, but the coolest thing about the show was the final round of the competition where they had to climb this giant friggin' mountain that they constructed out of like styrofoam and plastic and all this other crazy shit. And it had like smoke machines on it and stuff. And it was called the Agro Crag. And they always made such a big deal out of it. They're like, oh, you got to climb the Agro Crag and hit the actuators. And I was like, what the fuck is an actuator? There's a whole and, lot of consonants here. Yeah, I know. I was like, my mouth is tired. But seriously. What's a samoflange? What the fuck is a samoflange? But the Agrocrag was the coolest friggin' part of that show. Uh, also, there was a random Super Nintendo game based on it, which I didn't know about until today. And mm. probably not that great. And the end. And the end. <laughs> uh, but but two and Nintendo's out of business. Nintendo's. Oh done. wait, no. Yeah, you, you really fucked up. You went with roller games, and then you went with global guts, and now you're done. You know, you know, you never know what's gonna stick. That's why you just throw everything and, and, against and, the and dot. Just board. so happens that neither of the things we just invested in stuck. But uh, yeah, so Legends of the Hidden Temple is my, in my opinion, the greatest game show, action show, sporting event of all time because it just is it's fucking awesome <laughs> like, it just, just accept it it's amazing <laughs> it's the coolest fucking thing it's like you you have this huge sound stage that's built to look like ancient mayan ruins it's got you know all these cool different like rivers built into it and this massive friggin' temple that has 12 rooms the the host of the show was there was a guy kirk fog and then there was also like <laughs> right. the the main attraction which was the giant stone face in the temple kirk Olmec. fog i missed that guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah olmec it was the giant face that was in the side of the temple and he was awesome he was voiced voiced by d bradley baker and uh you should look up youtube videos of him doing the olmec voice it's really great or um, anything no, yeah, I'm, actually, I'm actually looking at the pictures right now yeah i do remember the show yeah okay. yeah. yeah it's so cool yeah it is really cool so yeah it aired from 93 to 95 it had three seasons and 120 episodes uh and so the premise was that uh multiple teams would compete in like three rounds and whoever won you know, whoever ended up being the winner at the end of round three would get the opportunity to do, like, the temple run, which was the coolest thing. Um, but each episode, they would start it off, and it would center around a particular, like, relic from history. Like, it would be, you know, like, a, a piece of... of Rasputin's... Like, Dried up penis bone. I remember they had a... They, they didn't have that. They had a, something from Vasco da Gama, one episode. I remember that for sure. They probably had, like, Napoleon's hat. They probably had, like, a piece of the Nina Pinta or Santa Maria. Take your picture. And or Santa right. Maria. Right. You know, you know right. Blackbeard's beard. Right. right? Like, or his eye patch. <laughs> but they had a different, different historical relic, and what they would do is they would have uh the first round was always the same it was it was the moat and they would have to cross the moat and there was always like different ways about it it was very similar to something like mxe or wipeout where there's just like a big body of water and then they have to get over it either by jumping on sinking platforms or swinging with ropes Basically, or whatever you, you play pitfall yeah the- yeah you play real life human pitfall and then uh, round two was was cool because it was... But, but, like, teams would be eliminated in that round. No, yeah. So every round, teams are getting eliminated. So like Even so that first thing, because it starts at all... It was a, so the teams were fun, yeah. too. So, yeah, I have all the teams. So okay. starting off, the teams were the red jaguars, the blue barracudas, the green monkeys, the orange iguanas, the purple parrots, and the silver snakes. And they always felt like these teams were cool, but it pissed me off because he only did alliteration for half of them. I was going to say, like, green what the monkeys? Fuck? I mean, it's like, what? what about, like... 
I don't know. Magenta monkeys? Yeah. Green Orange gators? orangutans, red rhinos, right. green gorillas. Like, right. fucking, you went with green monkeys, you went with you a primate. Ass. You almost got it. What yeah. the fuck? So, I don't know. It just was annoying. And, and they all, they, all the teams were a boy and a girl, and it was just the two. Team yeah, of two. It, was, yeah, it was just and two. And they had two. a t-shirt with that. Now, I honestly thought oh, so good. that, like, oh my god, could you imagine, like, having one of those t-shirts? Oh, I know, because like, I'm sure day. the contestants got to keep them. Oh, yeah. And then, I'm there's sure a they ton did. of, like, repros out there. Like, I've seen people at PAX and stuff wearing the, the Legend of the Hidden Temple Rouge team repros. shirt. Rouge repros. Rouge, Rouge repros. Rouge repros. But, uh, yeah, so, so, yeah, so at the end of each round, like, a team would get eliminated. But round two was neat because it was the steps of knowledge. And they would do, um, they would have Olmec actually tell this whole, you know, legend regarding whatever relic yeah, was in like, the temple like old saying how he got rasputin's dried up penis bone like right. you know the you whole know, the whole thing you gotta explain thing, yeah. that because honestly yeah. you can't just drop yeah, be like, that in the oh middle of I, I, I opened up right, a junk pe- drawer and there yeah. was yeah looking me in the face pe- hey how you are doing gonna wonder why the hell do you have this? why do you have that how do you have and that? why are we playing for it and yeah and yes. why do we why do i want it sell me on that's what i want to know so yeah so you'd have to answer questions about his penis bone and uh every time you got one right the team would progress to a further down step. And uh, the first two teams that got three questions right made it, and then all the others got eliminated. Uh, And then round three was the Temple Games, which, frankly, I remember the least. But the main point of these was there was a, a few different events that they would do. But what you were trying to do is every time you won a round, you would earn a... It was called a Pendant of... Life. There it is. Pendant of life. Um, and the deal with the pendants of life was you needed those if you were going to do well in the final round. So whatever team won the third round would go on to the temple. You had three minutes to run through the temple. The team would decide amongst themselves who goes first. And that person would run into the temple. There was all these different rooms. There was like, uh, you know, a dark forest where there was all these different like trees and there were hidden temple guards that could jump out of like all different places throughout the temple. And if a temple guard got you, I mean, they would fuck you up. Yeah, they, they would, would straight up. Fuck they you would up. fuck you. Then they, you realize yeah. what that penis bone was for. Fuck yeah. yeah. That was that, that was the thing that was about the this show. Yeah. Is the show that was even though it was dark. on Nickelodeon. Like, there were, yeah, every episode, like, usually it was the green monkeys, but sometimes the purple parrots, dead. Right. Like, dead. Every, every, it's like, god damn it, those temple Sometimes they died every time. Perhaps, you know, they were a little too extreme. But, you know, that's why it was a great show. And so, the one way to not fucking die is if you had a pendant of life, Mm -hmm. then what would happen is the guard would try to kill you, and you would just hand him a pendant of life, and you'd be like, oh, okay. And Ooh, then shiny. he would just go away. Go he would just hurt. he would just go back into his tree or his hole or wherever he came his, from. I, I think his it's tree like hole. Hidey, yeah, his hidey holes. His hidey hole. But his, the his, best room of all was the shrine of the his silver monkey. Penis bone tree hole. The shrine of the silver monkey. And Wait, that, so they have a team called monkeys, and they have a shrine. They have a team oh called the silver Lord. snakes, green monkeys. But there's a shrine of the silver. Monkeys. Oh my god. Just go with it. Take more than four seconds to think of these team names. Holy crap. Shrine of the Silver Monkey was the greatest because they had this three piece styrofoam like monkey statue that every fucking kid did not know what the torso was. And so they would always like you could either have it on frontwards or backwards or upside down. 
and you just had to look at the fucking pieces and make well, okay, a goddamn so was, monkey. Well, okay, it was a cylinder that they basically, you yeah, know, it was like a, it was like a, it was a peg. And it, was, it was like a peg. Yeah, it was three pieces and would have to, like, that you would have to down. slide down on yeah, the peg in down. the correct order. And, and what would happen so often is they would build it and they would spend like two of their three total minutes of temple <laughs> runtime fucking around with the monkey's torso because they couldn't figure out which way it went because it just it was like an amorphous blob and it's like well i mean i mean it could stop be this way stop could be the other way stop torso fucking stop fucking with that torso it's so it's just god in every every episode you'd know you're like oh god are they gonna make it through the shrine of the silver monkey and you know, but you didn't care because you got to say it, right? You the did get to say it. of the silver monkey. monkey, and uh, yeah. So the the cool thing that they did was they had different prizes. Like once you got to that endpoint, you got a prize just for entering the temple. You got a prize if you were able to actually get to the relic and and take it. And then you got the grand prize if you were able to escape from the temple with the prize. Uh, if you didn't have a pendant of life and you got captured, your they other would teammate also fucking kill you. They'd also fucking kill you. And uh, your other teammate would actually have to run in after you and try to complete it. But but like it was always the biggest slap in the balls because you have three fucking minutes, which is not a lot of time. And the first person is going to be careful and spend as much time as possible to like get through it correctly. And then if they get fucked at the end by a temple guard, guess what? Player number two has 35 seconds to make it through the yeah, whole fucking that. thing that you just did in two and a half minutes. So they're scrambling. I have not seen a single time where the second person who gets tagged in makes it. Because it's like you have no time. Yeah. Unless the first person Honestly, failed for, immediately. For a kid show like that has uh, actual you know, mortal consequences, uh, I mean, it was, a, it was a show that not a lot of people won. Yeah, like, it I was mean, extremely uh, difficult. And I, I, remember, I remember the prizes being bad. Very few episodes that anybody won overall. Right. Yeah, right. Like, you Usually just get the just, consolation prize if you entered the temple, yeah. like, because someone has to. There's no way yeah. that no one does. But yeah. yeah. I mean, usually you just get raped to death by the guards, and right. that's it. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, Ninja Warrior, you know, nowadays, where like maybe with right. fatal, six people fatal, in total have ever won in like the million years yeah. it's been on. Exactly, right. Which makes it so exclusive. Yeah. Like, oh man, holy shit, they won that. Like, yeah. it's, it makes yeah. it way cooler. But uh-huh. um, clearly, the game did uh, have a lasting effect. There is a card game based on it now, which I own and have never played because, you know, that's how things go. But. Um, uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, Albuquerque. So it's it's <laughs> a super cool show. I don't know if there's any way to watch it currently. I, I mean, there might be a way that it's on like DVDs or Blu-rays or something. It's but, probably on YouTube. Oh, YouTube uh, yeah. Oh, yeah I mean, least. if the fans want enough, we can like reenact some episodes. Oh yeah, I mean, we could definitely build a twelve-room temple with the shrine of a silver monkey. I, I don't see why not. Yeah, we make, it, do- make it out of cardboard. Who's gonna play Kurt Fog? I don't know. Obviously, eight bit. Fog. Eight bit. I think his name is fucking Fog. I mean, there was so much fog in that show. You telling me that they didn't hire him because his last name was Fog? His name was Jesper Lieberman, and they just—it was just a stage name. Okay, it was just. (laughs) I've seen it. I've seen a modern day interview with Kirk Fog, and he has so much reverence for that show. Like he loves how much how much people love that show and he has like nothing but great things to say about his time on it it's like it's so cool because i've never seen you know certain show hosts you see re- reappear in other things later um like but michael malley like michael malley and uh who's the guy who did double dare mark summers mark, mark summers summers absolutely that dude but you know kirk fogg he's like flash in the pan 
Only one guy. You guys remember JD Ross? I was just gonna bring him up too. Actually, yes. <laughs> what did he host? A lot of stuff. He yeah. had Fun House. He had, he had a lot of different shows. Yeah, you remember uh, Wild Game and Pro Crazy Kids show, or show? Game was Pro he, Magazine he, show, or something like that. Who hosted? Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? I don't remember that. Might have been oh, him. Carmen. Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Anyway, uh, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah. All right, are we getting a little long in the teeth here? Going uh, we go, go a little longer if you want. Uh, well, we're going to kick out on the two count. Ah, ah, still going. We still got some life left. Going to Hulk out. Ah. All yes. right, so you, you want me to talk a little wrestling? Yeah, sure. Go for it. Paris so, Steve. Okay. Uh, I think that uh, this is probably the subject most people are the most familiar with. And I would imagine so, yeah. It's just like, you know, I don't even know where to start per se but i will say that as a kid i was a big fan of the wwf and i will i think i think what i'm going to do is share my uh this this one particular pay-per-view uh that always uh is is held in a very special place in my heart and it was the very first pay-per-view i ever actually bought so i was it was i was able to convince my mom to actually spend the 40 bucks for the first time ever and can we please get wrestling? I really want to see SummerSlam 92. And she did. And it was amazing. And uh, that was the year that they actually did it in Wembley Stadium in London. And Jolly good. <laughs> it was just was so freaking cool. Craigie good. So I, and tea. <laughs> I, I just remember like being so stoked for this, like beyond reason stoked for this. I couldn't believe I was actually getting to have it. You know, we're actually ordering it. Oh my God. You really, you know, she would like call on the phone. That's how you did it. So crazy. And, um, so this was, um, let's see, I'll, I'll I'll go down the list of some of the matches. Uh, the, the big main event was actually, uh, uh, the ultimate warrior was challenging, Macho Man, Randy Ooh, Savage. Oh yeah! And he ended up winning, but it was like a, it was like a weird. There was there was some some weird stipulation. Something happened, and he like won by a technicality, but they didn't. Uh, the belt didn't change hands. Oh, okay, so I, I don't. You can only win a belt yeah. by pinfall or submission. Right, and he he won some some weird way. Probably I don't know. a count out or something. But I, don't know. Uh, I was also really <clears throat> excuse me, really excited to uh, see uh, my favorite wrestler at the time. Was Bret the Hitman Hart? Oh yeah, yeah. the excellence uh, of execution. Yes, yes, sir. And so he, you know, real men, real men wear black and pink. So he was uh, fighting the the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith. Oh yeah, and that was like a big, a big one that I was really excited for. And then it's funny because we didn't know it at the time, but uh, later it became common knowledge that Davy Boy actually had married uh, Bret's sister. Yep. And he had been trained by Brett's dad, like, yep. you know, for Stu. years or whatever. Stu Hart. In the dungeon. Year. In the dungeon. The yep. legendary uh, in Calgary, Alberta. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and uh, I mean, you know, David Boy, you know, he was he was actually English, you know. Uh, so I, I don't know how that ever happened, like how <laughs> he kind of ended up over there. But um, another cool match uh, I, I was really excited for was The Undertaker. And I don't I don't know if this was like his first big pay-per-view but the undertaker in 1992 was an up-and-comer right he wasn't like the superstar that you know he became quite yet right uh so he i I don't know if it was his own it was his first appearance or anything on a big pay-per-view but it was definitely a big deal to me that i remember like oh man the undertaker is actually gonna get get a chance to 
uh, uh, wrestle. And, and he actually was uh, wrestling, uh, I believe his name was Kamala, the Ugandan, oh, the Ugandan giant. giant. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And um, so he, that was that, was that match. Nice. Also, this was the, uh, there was a, a goofy, because... You know, I mean, hey, I look back and it's stupid, but at the time, any time that they would have like some goofy gimmick, oh, absolutely, it's, it was, it's fun. It was just fun, especially on a pay per view. But yeah. uh, uh, Shawn Michaels and Rick the Model Martell <laughs> yeah. had a uh, not in the face match. Yeah, I do remember oh, that a geez. little bit. <laughs> and uh, Sensational Sherry, who had gone over to his side. Oh, at that Sensational point. Sherry, she was so awesome. Oh my uh, god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, she was with with uh, Shawn Michaels at the time. And, um, and she was allegedly like, you know, kind of in love with both of them or whatever. And, you know, it was supposedly her idea that, oh, they couldn't, they couldn't hit, hit their beautiful faces. It was just so ridiculous. (laughs) But, um, you know, whatever. Uh, so I think at the end of that match, she actually faints. Oh. And I think they, I don't even remember if there's like a clean win or anything like that. I think, I think she fainted and like one of them capitalized on it or something while the other one was distracted and got a quick three counter. It's something goofy like that. Right. Um, also the Legion of doom fought, uh, money Inc, <laughs> money. which was a very short lived, uh, but now, let know, me guess, uh, million dollar man and Erwin R. Scheister. Yes. IRS. <laughs> yes. <laughs> who I always, at the time, I always thought that, uh, the guy who played IRS, I always thought he looked like Bruce Campbell. I never thought of that, but now that you say that, holy shit, yes, he does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As, as a kid, I was like, oh my god, it's it's literally it's just Bruce Campbell because I had just I I didn't know him that well. I I had seen Army of Darkness and like uh, Briscoe, I think, was on TV at that point. But um, yeah, it's so weird. I don't know. He he has the chin. He has the hair. I don't yeah. know. I think he looks a lot like him. Uh, wow, that guy's that so guy's weird. real name I, is uh, never dawned on me. Holy <laughs> crap. Mind blow. <laughs> uh, that guy's real name is Mike Rotunda. Oh yes, yes, Mike. You know. uh, but he was, uh, he, you know, he wasn't IRS for that long. No, but, he wasn't. And even then, because uh, his, his gimmick was that he came out with a metal briefcase and he would beat yep. people with it. Yep. And right. uh, as you know, lame as that is, it really worked with Million Dollar Man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But even then, they were not a tag team for very long. No. Uh, but uh, you know, it was a, it was a. It was, I think, a fun thematic tag team. Yeah, and totally. Those are always the best. Oh, absolutely. Um, and obviously, everybody loved Legion of Doom, especially oh, in yeah. those days. Yeah. Um, also, uh, believe it or not, Virgil had a match. Oh, no kidding. Yep. Uh, some guy I don't even remember named Nails uh, okay. apparently fought Virgil. I, I don't remember the match. But I the feel same happy with- that Virgil got a fucking like serious match at a yeah. serious pay per view. Nails is probably cool. the same guy who was like you know the Brooklyn Brawler or some crap like that. I don't um, know. Oh yeah, that guy was like. I don't know, so he was also yeah. known as Mr. Magnificent Kevin Kelly. Oh, I have no idea. I don't remember. Um, Unfortunately, I, I don't remember that guy. Sorry, the, uh, no no disrespect. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember. I can't even find a picture of him. But I uh, his name's Kevin Washolt. Washoltz, Kevin Washoltz. Um, Let's go with it. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's that's it's kind of cool. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. Anyway, that was that was like a really big deal for me. I thought that was that was uh, I don't know a seminal kid moment for sure. Being able to get my first ever pay per view, and we got many pay per views after that. You know, uh, yeah. wrestling themed, and uh, and then it got a little ridiculous when they started to do the like in your house. 
every other month. Right. Uh, yeah. When it's it, it was special when it's maybe like four or so a yeah, year. Yeah, four like years. Like yeah, like you said, SummerSlam, the Survivor Series, Russell, yeah, uh, WrestleMania, WrestleMania being yeah, obviously Royal being Rumble. the big one, Royal yeah, Rumble, Royal right? Rumble. Yeah. yeah, those are so like the it. four that I I liked caring about. I All had right. fun, like, those are the four to look forward to. Yeah. And, you know, I loved the Royal Rumble because it was so different. The yeah, other ones were totally. all shades of each other, but the right. Rumble yeah. was so unique. Right. And that yeah. was, that was, I don't know, I don't think it was my favorite, but I loved it. But it was, was it was its own thing, for I sure. I right. forward to it. Right. So, I guess that's all I'm really going to say. I, you know, I've kind of fell out of wrestling fandom uh, around the time that the Attitude Era sort of started. Yeah, me too, actually. So I, I'll, I'll just say that, like, you know, I was a really big fan for a while, and, you know, I loved, I ended up, you know, really loving The Undertaker later on in the, in the 90s and stuff, yeah. but Bret Hart was was really my uh, my hero and, yeah, uh, Bret Hart's awesome. and stuff. But, yeah, if you guys want to share some, some thoughts, because I know, you know, I don't know about 8-Bit, but... Uh, you guys definitely were fans, so. Oh yeah, well, uh, three of us went to WrestleMania 14 in, uh, true, at yeah. the Fleet Center in yep. Boston, Massachusetts. That was back in 1997. 1994? Oh, seven. Okay. Yeah, because I remember. Uh, Presley, Steve, and I had just. No, we were we were uh, seniors in high school. Okay. That year, I think I think we just graduated. No, it was my oh, first year of college. I think I think it was 98. Was but if it was, oh, okay. oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. I was, I was yes. in college. You're right. So. Yep. But yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, was, that, that was a lot of fun. We were was, actually on TV. Yeah, we were on the pay per view. You know, Parasite Steve made a wicked awesome sign. That you know, could you even see it in the? In I, the you feed? couldn't uh, see it. That's at a shame because it was a pretty awesome. He did. Um, actually, uh, you tell us about it, Parasite Steve. Uh, it was it it was a drawing of uh, the Undertaker's face, and then it was Undertaker's face, and then Kane's face, and there was a big gravestone, and it it said "Brother will kill brother," spilling blood, blood across, across the, the land. Uh, land. You know. Megadeth quote because I was right. like you know I've always loved Megadeth, but you know that was the uh, that was the first time that they had fought in an right, actual right. match. Yeah, they were building yeah. up for that for a long time. Like you yeah. know the Undertaker would never fight his brother, never fight his brother, never fight his brother. And then it all culminated in right. WrestleMania 14. I mean, I mean the entr- the introduction of Kane was pretty well done. I thought yeah. too because for a long time they just were hinting at the character. You didn't see Kane for so long. I feel right. like it was like almost a year from when they started amping up to being like. Paul Bearer revealed. <laughs> yeah, he revealed. <laughs> he revealed that supposedly the Undertaker had a had a brother, right. and uh, and and there was a goofy story attached to it or whatever. And and I love there was one one like Monday Night Raw where he's like he was gonna come on and present irrefutable evidence that that Kane was real, and he shows up and everybody's like, okay, we're gonna see Kane tonight, and he shows up with like. I don't know, like an action figure, some goofy thing. And he's like, and it was like broken, cut in half or something. And he's like, oh, this is the, the, the doll that your brother had. Oh, you can't deny. And we're all like, um, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you yeah. suck, Vince. <laughs> but it was, it was, you know, cool. And, I, and do you guys remember when like, Kane erupted out of the bottom of the match? I don't remember if it was like Stone Cold or, or I, I he he attacked somebody by like the hand just came up out of the freaking out, out out of the mat and like grabbed I remember that happening like maybe maybe even more than once yeah but that was like leading up to Kane when we finally you know but I don't know something like the, the memories are jumbled I remember right. that happening yeah yeah it's been so long but I do, it's been I a do while. remember where where we were seated we we're like near the entrance 
So we actually oh yeah, saw the hand them thing didn't happen at WrestleMania 14. Right, that, no, that was, was like just something. Yeah, that was yeah, other, yeah, 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 yeah some raw. Yeah. But uh, when we went to see him, uh, we were like right near the entrance, and uh, it was really cool. It was. And uh, when uh, when Kane came out, uh, or was it the Undertaker? It was the Undertaker, the, like like the torches, the, 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 and like the, the, yeah, like the, the, the pyrotechnics is like, right. like well, oh Kane's pyrotechnics. No, he came. Oh, okay. yeah, the Undertaker had like you know like um, the the druids, the druids, yeah, that's right, like the torches or whatever. Yeah, Kane would make more sense. Yeah, it was so awesome. Oh my awesome. god, we were like so close. Yeah. And like like you could feel like the hairs like kind of like yeah. like burn off your skin. <laughs> like, yeah. Holy it shit. felt like reality was just shifting cuz we yeah. were really close to the we were. Yeah, really was, close. It was very loud. It was oh, yeah. like, freaking awesome. Oh my god. Yeah. No, that was a lot of fun. It was. It was. I mean, we had, driving, we had, not, I mean, not driving to Boston, but yeah, the event itself was fun. <laughs> we had <laughs> shitty seats for the for the ring, but amazing seats like to see the talent coming in and out. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, that was. Awesome. And it's you know what we could get. I mean, hey, it was it was WrestleMania. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it was it's, WrestleMania. I was happy yeah. to just be there at the time. You know. Yep. Absolutely. And we've been to Raw a couple times. Yep. Yeah, that, that was oh, yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, the, t- the title card for WrestleMania 14 was Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Shawn Michaels with Mike Tyson as special guest referee. Oh Holy my God, that's shit. funny. I don't even. I didn't I even remember. remember that. And, I, I, and I believe that was when Stone Cold Steve Austin won his first WWF title. Oh. I believe. So we we saw history. Wow, pretty cool. So, and we saw nice. brother killing brother, spilling yes. blood across that's the land. land. Hmm. Yeah. Something Something I don't understand. understand. <laughs> Get it, religion. Something I don't understand. <laughs> Food like me. I'm not gonna go through the whole song. Oh yeah, awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, all right, so I'm gonna bookend this segment. We're getting close to an hour right, right about now. So I want to get back to another TV show that I watched a bit here and there, not religiously, but I did see a good amount of this. Is uh, the American Gladiators? Oh yes. This ran for seven seasons from 1989 to 1996. Uh, it was um. This was actually like a competition. It wasn't like you know a, a scripted event or anything like that. Uh, so there would usually be like two men and two women that would you know go against each other, but they would go against you know what they call the American gladiators. Yeah. They'd have like six or like three on each side, like you know three male, three female like gladiators that would just try to you know impede their progress over whatever event the uh, the contestants are doing. Um, actually, interesting thing. Um, Bill Conti composed the theme song to that song, and. Uh, People might know who that is because he also composed the scores for movies uh, like most of the Rocky movies and the Karate Kid movies. Oh, that's hey, cool. That's neat. So that, I thought that was pretty neat. Uh, uh, it was originally hosted by Joe Theismann uh, and Mike uh, uh, Adamley. Uh, also, uh, during the course of the run, it was um, Todd Christensen, Larry Zonka, who was also another professional football player, uh, Lisa Malosky, who was a reporter based out of Houston, Texas, and Danny Lee Clark. So they had some actual uh, like uh, legit like sports people you know, you know involved in it, and actually I think some of the uh, the officials that you know saw uh, you know looked over like the events were actually like professional you know official from like baseball and football, some of them, and so I was like oh well these these you know this is actually a fairly legit competition. Um, I remember like when the the series first started like the, like the first half of the first uh, season, the sets were pretty drab. I mean, I mean, you can tell it was just started. It looked like it was made on a shoestring budget, but like halfway through season one, they spruced everything up. It, they went fucking big. Wow! It's like, wow. I mean, why didn't you just start off like this? I wonder if the first half of the season did like gangbusters, and they're like, shit, we have a lot of money. Now. Maybe. 
because I think they were trying to go for like a Coliseum-ish look, but they really didn't pull it off well at all. It just looked like a really sad set. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, they have like this one event, um, oh, I wish I could remember the name of it, but um, one of the gladiators would have this like giant like tennis ball cannon they'd shoot towards the contestant, and the contestant would have to run from like safe point to safe point, each with a very different weapon, and try to hit like a target next to the gladiator. And uh, it's like the original one had like four or five like hiding pieces, but they're like so sad looking, like one of them just looked like a, a dead tree. <laughs> it was like what? this is uh, like, like we found I, this outside. Were you even trying with this? And a couple of it's just like a, a barrel. It's like oh come on guys, barrel. But then you know like halfway through season one, like okay we just I just saw this thing called a video game and and it's from Capcom. And there's like lines and grids everywhere. Let's just make the whole set look like that. And it looks like way better since then. <laughs> That's sick. Yeah. So they they really spruced it up after the first half of the first season. And I guess I mean I don't know if they did it all throughout the uh, all throughout the seven seasons, but um, uh, like I said, the two fe- two female two male contestants would you know whoever gets the most points wins that, and then you know they would actually you know come back and like, they would you know compete for a, a a championship at the end of the season, and he'd be the grand he or she would be the grand champion. And I think the first couple of grand champions had the option of actually being a gladiator the following season. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's so awesome. I thought that was yeah. pretty neat. I mean, I don't know if they actually ever did that, or if they did it, they only did it a couple of times. If you or... win, you get to keep your job. Yeah, we don't. You don't get to like win your prize. You get to have a job. <laughs> <laughs> be back next year. All right. So I was gonna go a, a little bit about. Uh, actually, no, Joe. Do you have something? No. Oh, okay, I thought you uh, you were about to ready to say something there. No, no. I'm just, I'm just gonna give you a little tidbit about the the original six gladiators, and then we can kind of. Oh, good. I, I wanted to mention their names. They're just yes. so fun. I'm actually yes. looking at one right now. So I'm just <laughs> laughing. His name is Flash, and I'm looking at this picture. It's so freaking. It's so 90s. It's ridiculous. Yeah, this guy has like long hair. It's all, it's all like like James Labrie. It's like yeah, all it's like, like James all on one side. side. Yeah. From, uh, <laughs> okay. But the, the original six gladiators, uh, speaking of long hair, one was called Malibu. His real name is Darren McBee. Uh, you know, he's like the long-haired surfer from Hawaii or L.A. or whatever, yeah, yeah, the yeah. hang loose dude. And um, after American Gladiators, he was also uh, Mataro in MK Annihilation. Oh, wow. That's cool. And uh, he was in a whole bunch of movies, apparently. None of them that I've ever heard of except for MK Annihilation. And he was also in an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm as a wrestler named Thor Olsen. So I thought that was kind of fun. Nice. Um, another gladiator was named Lace. Her real name is uh, Marissa Parry, P-A-R-E, Pear. I'll go with Perry. Whatever. The guy whose name is Laser should have been named Brick. That dude's a fucking wall. <laughs> like what? Laser's one of the one of the names I never forgot. Like, my right. name's Laser. That dude's neck is as wide as his head. It's actually right. like slightly wider. It's like dude is a fucking wall. I mean, not as wide as Corpse. Laser Brick. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Laser Brick. Brick Thompson. <laughs> he kind of looks like John Brick Cena. Brick Corpse Grinder. He reminds me yeah. of John Cena. Just a little bit. Just the, yeah. the, the, the Brick yeah. Rollins. Yeah, he does. And the hair. Yeah. Brick Layer. Brick Layer. <laughs> anyway, uh, Lace, whose real name is Marissa Perry, is actually a Canadian, so she's a Canadian-American gladiator. A Canadian. Uh, she was in one episode of Renegade and also one episode of the TV show Clueless. And one of two gladiators to uh, to pose in Playboy, if anyone you know. The other cares being about that. laser. Well, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, Gemini, whose name is real name is Michael. Let me see. Uh, Horton. It's yeah, actually Mike. Michael Gemini. Oh no, it's it's actually Michael Horton. Uh, is he here or who? He was brother he was, of uh, Tim Horton. Yeah, he was also in that one episode of Renegade with Lace. Trust the Hortons fisherman. Yes, and um. 
He was also the security guard in Night at the Roxbury. Okay. <laughs> really, Brandon? That's yeah, fun. I know, right? Super fun. Another gladiator was named Zap. Her name is Ray Hollitz. Zap. Zap. Her name was Ray. R A Y E. Oh my God! Her name is Ray. She's like a Ray. I keep pumping this damn mic. Who zaps? Yes. I'm, I, I, I'm. I. I. Okay. I'm pew, good. Pew. Ray Kaplowy Hollitz. Pew pew. It's, it's Polish. <laughs> Smash McLarge. Pew pew. Kaplowy Pollitz. <laughs> and uh, her life after American Gladiators consisted of uh, being in the 1997 film Letters from a Letter, uh, Excuse me, Letters from a Killer, which also starred Patrick Swayze, and she was the other uh, Gladiator to pose in Playboy. Mm. Uh, Sunny, whose name is Cheryl Baldinger, uh, she actually her her uh, career was. Or her American Gladiator career was cut short because she was injured halfway through season one. Uh, she hurt her knee. Now, she was uh, hurt in, a, in an event called uh, Breakthrough and Conquer. It's like a two-part event where the first part was the contestant. It was like a, like, a, like a strip that made it look like a football field. You have to run 20 yards toward the Gladiator and try to get into the end zone for a touchdown, You know, complete with holding a football and everything. And yeah, obviously, yeah. the Gladiator tried to stop you from reaching the end zone, and you had to try to get past him into the end zone. And then the second half is the Conquer, where you'd be in a circular ring, and it's basically like a 15-second sumo wrestling match. You have to get any part of the Gladiator's body outside of the circle, and then you'll win points for that. Right, right. But I guess uh, when Sonny uh, was wrestling the, back in the, the first half of the season... The uh, the ring was actually elevated. It was almost like a like a piece of a cylinder that stood maybe like four or five inches like off the ground. So when she fell, she just fell on on that corner awkwardly and injured her knee, and then she never came back to American Gladiators. Wow! And then they're like, then then after that, they made like, let's let's put this on ground level, <laughs> you know? Because right. I remember them changing that. Because I do remember her getting hurt a little bit, and I was like, oh wow, that sucks. Right. Um, and then after American Gladiators, she wanted to pursue acting, modeling, and art, and. Uh, Right, rode bikes competitively for a while, apparently, according to uh, GladiatorTV.com. And uh, last of the original six is Nitro. His name is Dan Clark. Uh, he appeared in shows such as Walker, Texas Rangers, Saved by the Bell, and Ellen. And uh. he was actually the consultant, uh, one of the consulting producers for the 2008 reboot that would add Hulk Hogan and uh, Aliyah. Ali, uh, I can't remember her name. I have it written down somewhere. Um, Lelia Ali. But I will get to that a little bit later. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. He wrote two books, one being called Gladiator, a true story of roids, rage, and redemption that he wrote in 2009. And uh, in 2017, he wrote another book called F Dying, which actually kind of chronicled his uh, survival of his 2013 heart attack. Wow. So that was uh, pretty, some pretty heavy stuff. So that guy yeah, was been pretty that's active. Incredible, actually. And I think he like sets up like uh, something called like the Gladiator Rock and Roll or Rock and Jock, whatever. It's like kind of like a... Like a sporting uh, physical event where he raises money for like so i think soldiers or some sort of charity so the guy remains pretty active and he's doing a lot of good things so very nice, nice. american gladiators doing good yeah and uh it's it spun off uh, a couple different times in two th- uh that uh well not in 2000 and um uh, 1994 to 1996 there was like a kids tv show called gladiators 2000 which was hosted by ryan seacrest and uh maria sansone and uh, I mean, I never saw it. I actually never even knew about this until like doing research for this episode. I was like, wow, that was like a kid's version of this. But um, yeah, despite it being called Gladiators 2000, it only ran for a couple seasons from 94 to 96. So that was kind of neat, I thought. Hmm. Uh, and the aforementioned 2008 revival of American Gladiators, which only ran for two seasons, both of those seasons being aired in 2008, which you know start, was, was hosted by Hulk Hogan and Lali Ali. 
pretty much just you know same concept as the the original American Gladiators from the eighties into the early nineties or mid nineties, and just you know competition two males two females would go against the the gladiators and all that stuff and i mean i saw a couple episodes and it seemed pretty cool but didn't really last very long uh and it was planned for a third season but nbc pulled the plug on that and um to round off this american gladiators topic from my point of view anyway um seth rogan and evan goldberg are pitching an idea to revive it once again and hopefully uh to get a 2020 revival for another American Gladiators reboot. Oh, that'd be cool. So yeah, we'll, we'll see if that comes to fruition and see what, uh, what comes of it, if it actually happens. Nice. Nice. That's, that's great. I mean, shows like American Gladiators are super fun. Like, I've, yeah. I've never seen American Gladiators per se, but... Um, you a can lot catch of, a lot of episodes <laughs> on YouTube. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. And like a lot, of, a lot of shows that follow a similar format are just a ton of fun to have around. I think they, they help break up like the monotony of like a lot of like reality TV shows that are out there for me, which are like competitions based on like, you know, talents or something like that. It's just like, there's so many out there and it's like, they're, they're great and cool, but these are fun too. Cause it's like an athletic event that like people who aren't into sports can get really into. So it's it's kind of fun. I think it helped pave the way for a lot of uh, competition shows that are oh, yeah. sort of popular now. Right. Like I know uh, Dr. Matteo really loves a show uh, called The Beast, which is on mm-hmm. Netflix, and yep. she she just loves that show. And that is more like an American Ninja Warrior. But I do wonder if like American Ninja Warrior would even have you know existed without something like American Gladiators to pave the way. Right. Because a lot of it was you know physical challenge type. Right. You know, things. I mean, American Gladiators had the additional gimmick of, like, you're trying to defeat their characters. Right. You have to best them. It's not just you versus nature. Right. You versus the obstacle course. But still, right. it's, it's neat. Yeah, know. totally. All right. Well, uh, we've been jibber-jabbering <sighs> a long time about sporting entertainment and all that good stuff. But now it is time to ask you the Octoponder this question of the episode, which is, who is your favorite sports entertainment personality? I'll let you on that for a while, and we'll take a short break. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death. Taxes and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you <laughs> took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's a me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Lohan. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action, it had suspense, it had great characters, it had great acting. I'm gonna strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. Alright, well here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Arrivederci, douchebag. Bloodworks Victorium. The new album from Enchanted Exile. 11 pulse-pounding heavy metal tracks, including Embrace Oblivion, Cold Spell, On Widow's Hill, and I 
am the void. Bloodworks Scriptorium. Available now on iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere you get your digital music. So, go get it. Hey, are you ready to do some thinking? It's about that time where we ask you, the audience, to octo-ponder this. All right, we have returned and uh, give you a few minutes to think about the octoponder of this question, which was, who is your favorite sports entertainment personality? And uh, we'll start off with Nintendo. What do you got to say? Well, I have two, as a matter of fact. Oh, my goodness. Well, why don't you tell us about them? Well, the first one is the Ultimate Warrior. Nice. Which I kind of like jokingly would pretend he was my real dad. <laughs> but I mean, I love my real dad. Oh, yeah. Right, your yeah. real dad is my, way my, cooler. My Everyone loves dad, your real dad. My real dad's dad amazing. He so. is. Totally. Um, he, I, doesn't, I, he doesn't wear as much face makeup, but... Right, no. and, and my dad's, like, not, like, jimungus. No. Just, well, in other ways, he is. Just, like, you no, know, his growth is, like, his stomach's, like, big, but whatever. <laughs> um, moving on. Uh, I love the Ultimate Warrior because he was so energetic and you know, oh, yeah. really nutty. And I, I loved, you know, hearing his his uh, His, his entrance music. music was awesome It was hell. awesome, and I loved, always loved watching him, like, run right down the ramp, Slide right into the ring and then go up, go up to the rope and start like shaking like he's oh, a freaking I know. maniac. That guy was just a ball of so fire. So awesome, so awesome. His hair so is intense. Like, yeah, his uh, hair is like flapping cocaine. all over the place. Like, oh, he had been so cool. <laughs> and uh, my my other favorite has to be uh, uh, the Undertaker. Oh, another because good one. Yep. He's just dark. Like he's yeah. just he's, a dark he's like the ice. He's, he's, he's the ice he's to the Ultimate up. Warrior's fire. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. He's just really awesome. He's really dark and yeah, very goth. Really goth, yeah. Even though I wasn't like huge into goth, but I don't know. He was loved... just such a unique look for a wrestler. Right. Like, yeah, right. I mean, there was no yeah. horror wrestlers before him. Right, you know? right. Was... right. The whole the, that, the whole gimmick was awesome, and yeah. I loved his uh, his choke slam. Like oh, the no. first time, you no, know, I've ever seen a choke slam, like where he grabs the person by like the throat, right. and picks yeah. him up, yep. and like just slams him down. And I always thought it was rad when he just like walk across, like halfway across the top rope. It's like what? Right? This guy's oh, like, yeah, right. guy like so twelve huge. feet tall. Oh, I know. Like, he's, he's a big crap. guy too. So I was like, damn. Oh my god! Yeah. And he is still wrestling. Well, well like hidden. off and on now. But right, right. The guy's got to be like what, two hundred and seventeen by now, probably. And oh, he yeah. had, yeah, he had a. Uh, he had two moves because he also had the Tombstone Pile Driver. Yep, yep, that's right. But he was known for the choke slam. Too. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Yeah. So not, not too many wrestlers really had two moves. True. That they were known for. Yeah. yeah. He, was, he was totally one of my favorites too. Absolutely. Totally. 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 All right. How about you, Eight Bit? Uh, so I'm not going to do a, a wrestling guy. I think Ooh. we're going to have a lot of wrestling folks. Yeah, that's that's a thing to keep in mind, folks. It doesn't have to be a wrestler. When right. I say sporting entertainment, it could be any of these type of shows any, any. from so, today or yesterday. So the show I didn't really get to talk about that I adore beyond words is uh, the most extreme eliminating challenge. Oh, don't oh, get yes. eliminated. Yeah, yes. Don't get eliminated. It used to be Takeshi's Castle in Japan. Uh, yeah. But I love the right hosts. you are, Tim. I love the host <laughs> so much. And yeah. I love Kenny Blankenchek. Yeah. He yeah. is the best. Uh, he's freaking good. And totally. it's kind of weird because, you know, the original actor who did the filming has nothing to do with the character I love because it's all the Spike TV voiceover. Right, right. And I don't even know who does the voiceover. Oh, no kidding. But, Jeez. oh man, I freaking love MXE and I love yeah. that guy. And yeah, I mean, there's just so many good, just really lowbrow humor yeah. characters in that, that show, show is but man it's just fucking yeah. funny what, uh, what, what just, the uh, what what station was that on was that spike tv it, or yeah, something spike, yeah, it was spike on spike tv, TV. Yeah. yeah 
and it was just it was so much fun it was so so fun and then you know shows like wipeout came out and stuff yeah, like that yeah. but it just didn't capture that it just right. that, that japanese translation to english was yeah. just priceless it oh is. it's so good and the but show yeah. looked legitimately impossible oh it did. no it's All like right. the most difficult friggin' series of things and yeah. they always changed it up they did not make it, it so anybody could ever oh, win i right. love the one with the people running through the doors that it's some like, of them are fake <laughs> and like <laughs> sometimes sometimes people run so they hard they fucking force, break they bounce the right fake, off them. but like sometimes people break the fake door oh and, the, and, and then the announcers are like Whoa, oh what, what uh, do we do what do we do here does he make it like what do we do like he just straight up broke a was, slab of wood what was the name of the other host um, it was Kenny Blankenship, and then like what was the uh, other? Was, I thought it was Blankenship. I thought it was Blankenship. Blankenship. Oh, ship. Okay. Kenny Blankenship, Blankenship, and then the other guy. I don't recall his. That's name. That's so funny. I always thought it was Blankenship. <laughs> that would be funny. That'd a be Blankenship. Funny too, yeah. yeah, yeah. Cash that Blankenship. <laughs> but yeah, um, we can get back to that. But yeah, funny, that's that's that my pick. Love that show. Shoutouts, MXE. Yeah, totally awesome. Okay, how about you, Parasite Stephen? Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna be boring and go with the uh, the. One I mentioned earlier, Brett the Hitman Hart. He is hey, so goddamn know, awesome. Though, I mean, so. I, I mean, yep. it's not even that like interesting of a pick because everybody pretty much. I would say that most wrestling fans in the early to mid '90s were were fans. He he really was one of their their top faces. Oh and, yeah. Uh, the thing about know, Bret Hart for me anyway, it's like he was a good guy, but he wasn't a goody two shoes. He was still badass, and he wore right. pink. Yeah, and he was a good guy. And yeah. in real life, he was a good guy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So he he absolutely you know is to this day. I've never met him, but he was he was at like a, a comic con a couple years ago that was uh that was nearby, and I was really like considering going just for him. I like it's funny. Like I'm 40 now, and I. I just was like getting giddy thinking about <laughs> p- potentially meeting Bret Hart, and it's just silly. But uh, I don't know. He was just great. I liked him a lot. He was a he was a solid dude. So that's Very all I have cool. to say about that. I loved how he uh, always found a little kid to give his glasses to. Nah, that yeah, was, that was awesome. Yeah. That was, that that was, was so, like so the cool. most positive gimmick yep. that any wrestler had. Yeah, totally. Like plenty of wrestlers were, you know. You know, they they had, like you said, Nintendo, like you said, you know, the Ultimate Warrior would, he had his shtick. You know, wrestlers had their shtick. But, like, Bret Hart, like, legitimately was, he would make a kid's fucking year. Right. His life. Oh, look at the face on that fortunate youngster. Yeah, before he'd start the match. And it was no big whoop. You know, these things were probably, you know, these these shitty glasses. I had a pair that I had bought that were, like, the the same ones that he gave out. They were so pathetic. The, like the foam on the inside of the plastic was <laughs> yeah. so scratchy, you didn't even actually want to want to wear it. You know, it was terrible. But I mean, oh my god, just just be, the thought of being a little kid and having Brett choose you of, uh, of everybody. No, yeah. so it was like awesome. so cool. So yeah, totally awesome, really cool. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, the other host at MXC is Vic Romano. Vic Romano. Oh, yeah. I knew it was a sexy. Okay. Name. I knew I knew he was Italian. <laughs> I knew he was Italian. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I'm the last one here who has yet to answer the Octoponder as far as the four crew members here, and I'm going to go with Rowdy Roddy Piper, oh, the yes. Hot Rod. Yes, one of my favorite heels of like all time. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, such a just just so good at what he did. He was just a, such a great instigator. Just always hot on the mic, and it's just his delivery was great. And he was just such a badass and one of those guys that I think I saw him in, a, in an interview he did. I can't remember who did the interview or who conducted the interview, but um, 
he, they mentioned something about him like never winning the WWF title. It's like it's not that I never won it; it's just I never took it because he, he didn't care. He didn't want it, and he, he right. was just doing yeah, he's his like, thing. I wasn't here to win, right? He was just doing his thing, and he was so so good. I mean, I still remember like back in the day when he had like Piper's Pit, and he yeah. cracked Jimmy Snook over the head with a freaking coconut. Apparently, it was real too, and he did some did some damage to him. Apparently, wow! And I was like, damn. Oh, super! But fly. that guy, that guy just pulled no punches. That guy was like a ball of friggin' fire, twenty four seven. Yeah, and that guy, and he was a friggin' awesome wrestler to boot too. Yeah, and all the you know the bagpipes was kind of pretty original kind of you know theme yeah. entrance. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, um, yeah. He yeah, came, he came to chew bubblegum and kick some ass. Oh yeah, and he would also yeah, start out of bubblegum. Yeah, that's right. Start in the movie They Live with uh, Keith David. Amazing movie, a wicked yeah. awesome movie. Really, really fun Carpenter movie Definitely. by far. And boom, 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 don't. I want to yeah. watch that now. Yeah, yeah me too. Actually, it's it's awesome. I go back and look. Yeah, it. totally. It's such a, um, such a great movie. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's pretty cool. Uh, I, I will just add that uh, I did get to meet uh, Roddy uh, five months before he passed away. Uh, yes, um, yes. This is, my wife and I uh, were able to catch him. He appeared at Rock and Shock, which is a uh, horror and music festival uh, convention that happens every um, October in Worcester, Massachusetts. And uh, that was that was really cool. Uh, to this day, he's one of the the most uh, beloved celebrity interactions uh, that I've had, and I've had a number at various conventions over the years. And you know, he was uh, really cool. I would say that uh, you know the whole cast of Child's Play was there, including Brad Dourif and his daughter, and oh, the nice. kid who played Andy. And nobody was in line for anybody but Piper. <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah. like it was crazy. The hot rod. It was really crazy. There was a long ass line, and it was just it was just for Piper, and we waited in it. And uh, you know, he he took. And one of the reasons why the line was long was because he was taking time with yeah. people. That's awesome. You know, it wasn't just an assembly line where he's like, "Hey, how's it going?" You know, done. Uh, you know, he give he, me your money. Yeah. <laughs> no, he would he would come. First of all, he would he wouldn't stay behind the table. He was actually standing. <laughs> outside of the table and and he would like he was just personable he's like hey come on in and i'll shake your hand uh you know wanted to meet you wanted to you know introduce you you know i i'm like oh this is my wife christine and and he's like oh my god you're so beautiful oh this is oh you know nice to meet you and, and i mean like legitimately awesome dude like very 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 cool we talked about the bubblegum thing obviously you know and uh i i was joking uh on the way there i'm like oh we should we should bring him bubblegum like wouldn't that be so funny and i i wish to god that we had done that because that was the only chance right. uh, it, it would have just been a laugh and that's it but i think it would have been worth it and uh and stuff but you know i i i got a poster sign from him and uh, and uh we were talking about you know the the lasting uh, impact of they live. How how yeah. he's like. You know it's it's crazy. You know the uh, he was talking about how it was funny because at the time when they made that the whole like uh, uh, conspiracy theory about like the reptilians yeah uh, didn't really exist, but it had become such a thing like later. And he said it's it's really funny. He's like there are people who believe that they're like these. These these like reptilian aliens that are that are walking among us and he's like it's so funny like we, we made this movie just completely separate we didn't we weren't riffing on that it just became a thing after and it's just yeah, such a weird thing that's weird yeah but uh yeah cool dude awesome dude. absolutely awesome yeah, rest in peace yes as well as uh the ultimate warrior and probably oh, Kenny yes. Blankenship I don't, I don't know if he's <laughs> just in case I mean God by the time that show was filmed and nowadays I don't know Maybe. I guess he could, very he well could be gone. upwards of 62 for he God's sake he sakes. could be 
Anyway, those were our answers, and now it's your turn to tell us what you think about this week's Octoponder This Question, which is, who is your favorite sports entertainment personality? And we also like to hear what you think about the show in general, and to do so, you can reach us at Redoctopus on Twitter, on our Facebook group, on our Instagram, or you could always email us at Redoctopus at gmail.com. It's almost time to catch that horizon, but before we say goodbye, let's go to this. You got the bleeps, you got the creeps, and you might even have the sweeps. But if you don't got the time, then they ain't worth a dime. This is the 8-Bit Minute. Alright, 8-Bitters, eight 8-Biters, eight 8-Munchers, eight how's it going? Welcome to the 8-Bit Minute. I wanted to talk to you all about an age-old competition that took place in 30 cities around the USA and Canada back in the... Back in the year 1990, talking about the Nintendo World Championship, I thought this would be something fun to kind of talk about since this episode's been all about sporting events and my 8-bit minute, I like to talk about 8-bit games and things, so I thought this would tie in nicely. So the uh, Nintendo World Championship was held in March 1990, and this was a competition that was basically put on by Nintendo to drum up interest and excitement across the country. And uh, it, they, what was neat about it is that they actually had three different age groups that could compete, uh, all for the grand prize. So there was uh, contestants from 11 and under, from 12 to 17, and from people who were 18 years and older. Um, and basically what, what they had to do was they had six minutes and 21 seconds. I don't know why exactly that's how much time it was, but that's how much time it was, at least according to what I read, um, to basically play this game cartridge that was custom made for this special event so nintendo would set up booths across the country they would do it for a weekend and there would be three days of competition and the game cartridge would be a triathlon style video game where it was separated into three events the first event was super mario brothers where the player had to collect 50 coins in the shortest amount of time once they collected those, it would automatically proceed to the next game, which was Rad Racer, where the player just had to finish the race course as soon as humanly possible. And then the final game that it would proceed on to was Tetris, where any amount of time that the player had racked up would basically be sunk into this final game of Tetris, where they can just try and earn as many points as humanly possible. So really, what you want to do is you want to clear round one and two as fast as possible, so that way you have the most time to just play Tetris and get the highest score. So what uh, what ended up happening was the highest scorers were invited to compete at the World Finals in December of 1990 at Universal Studios Hollywood in the Star Trek Theater. And they also won uh, 250 bucks and a trophy. Uh, and then any runners-up who didn't quite make it to the finals got a power pad and a Game Boy, which is like, oh, that's pretty I mean, cool. cool. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll totally take a Game Boy and a power yeah, pad. Kid, right? Whatever. Uh, and so at the World Finals, the stakes were significantly higher. Mm, uh, the stakes. Top, oh, I love steak. The top winner uh, from each age group was awarded $10,000 U.S. savings bond. Ooh. A new, okay, this is the one that blows my fucking mind. A new 1990 Geo Metro convertible. What? Like, some of these contestants are intentionally under the age of 11. 
So I guess they had to give it to their parents. Like holy uh, crap! It's fucking crazy. They got a car, ten thousand bucks, a forty-inch rear projection TV. Rear projection, people. Wow. That's cutting edge. That is bleeding edge nineteen nineties tech. I mean, I like to project my rear sometimes. Right, right. So you could do it all over. But no one's watching. Forty me. inches, <laughs> at least. Uh, and then the final thing you got was a gold-painted Mario trophy. Mario. Mario. Uh, Runners-up in each category also received a $1,000 savings bond and a silver Mario trophy. They were really generous with the runners-up yeah, trophies. holy crap. No kidding. Yeah, it's like this is good feels all around. Uh, so three 1990 World Championship titles were given. Uh, Jeff Hansen won the 11 and under category. Thor Ackerlund won in the 12 to 17 category. And his name is far too cool for someone of that age. Uh, and then Robert Whiteman won in the 18 and older. Uh, so... The, the main thing that people know about the Nintendo World Championships is the cartridge that was used to play the championship is extremely rare. It's super, super collectible. It's worth a stupid amount of money. Um, there are 116 cartridges of this game created. 90 of them were given to the 90 finalists in, in the, uh, the championship. So there was 30 cities. Each city had three finalists. So there's 90 there, and they were in a gray plastic case. And then 26 of them were given away in a Nintendo Power contest that were molded in gold plastic. And, uh, and the gold plastic ones tend to be the extra super holy grail status, but the gray cartridge ones are still worth a lot of money as well. Um, a gray cartridge Nintendo World Championship cart sold for upwards of $6,000 back in, like, 2007. Uh... A gold cartridge was sold in 2014 for $100,088. That's a lot that of bits. extra $88 push it over the right. edge. Right, somebody bid only like, 100087 oh, oh, and they are so pissed. They're like, fuck! But, uh, you know, at the end of the Either day... Either they're super relieved. I was going to say, at the end of the day, they didn't spend a hundred <laughs> grand on a fucking Nintendo cartridge. Right. That's going to sit on their shelf unplayed forever. Um, but, yeah, I thought that was really interesting, and... Uh, I think it's neat to also mention that Nintendo revived their uh, world championship format in 2015 and 2017 as part of their promotion for their new games and new things like that. Uh, and I think, you know, there's there's a lot of video game competitions out there, but back in 1990, there was really nothing quite right. like that. So yeah, it was it, it was really a special time to, to be a kid and to be able to participate. Right. So yeah, nowadays, all you do is like win a Fortnite tournament for like three million bucks. Right. I mean, garbage who freaking needs it. Yeah. Yeah. Some kid um, from like wicked like in Massachusetts won oh, no that kidding. too. Holy yeah. Crap. Massachusetts kid won three million dollars on a Fortnite oh, contest. Holy crap. But uh, yeah, so that has been the 8-Bit Minute and uh, I'm going to shut up now. All right, well, thank you very much for that, and uh, that just about wraps up the episode. And if you haven't jumped ship by now, we certainly hope you enjoyed this week's journey over the treacherous waters of all things that made growing up awesome. If you like what you heard, please hit that little subscribe button and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Retro Over Doctopus is part of the Inebriart Podcast Network, so if you get a chance, please check out our sister shows like The Old Colony Cast, Bar Talk, and of course Inebriarts, as Andy and Fish chat with local artists over a couple of cold ones. For more information or to subscribe to us or any of these other great shows, please visit inebri-art.com. I have been your host at the post, Boss Rush Mode, and on behalf of the rest of the fellows from Retro Doctopus, I'd like to say thanks for listening and farewell until the next. Mm-hmm.